Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, the equerry to a fallen hero of the Imperium, trying to do the right thing and remaining loyal to my brothers in arms. As always, I'm joined by my good friend and 40K mentor, the founder and true leader of the Warrior Lodge, known as Vanguard Tactics. He is the Ezekiel Abaddon to my Kynor Organis, Mr. Stephen Box. Steve, how's it going? Dave, I actually got your reference today. I know. I figured you would. I, I, I wanted to pick one that was that was uh, you know on point for for what we're talking about today, and I was like, since you know the lore backwards and forwards, I'm like, he may not know Pacific Rim, but he's going to get this one. I actually know quite a lot about the heresy law now. Think of yeah. Think of about twenty books. Yeah, yeah. You've read all of pretty much all the heresy. I know you've read all the Siege of Terror books, right? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've got a couple more left, but most of the heresy ones, especially the first starting ones around um, the Sons of Horus, because obviously that was the Legion I did for the Horus Heresy event and uh, yeah. yeah, went all in on them. So now I know everything about Abaddon. Or about oh, very them. cool. I didn't know you did extra homework for, uh, for the Horus Heresy thing. Oh yeah, so when I painted the army, I just listened to all the books whilst doing it to try and... Because I, you know, I needed to really immerse myself in this army to find out who these guys are, you know? Who are the Sons yeah. of Horus? You know, what yeah. was their reason behind, you know, betraying the emperor? Or did they yeah. really? Or were they actually yeah. just continuing his mission? And is he actually, you know, gone down a different path to the one that he said he was? Who knows? That is the big question here, guys. Yeah. yeah I'm actually reading uh, Saturnine right now from the Siege of Terror series. And uh, it, it's a great book. I like. Abaddon is one of the most sympathetic characters to me in the whole series because he's he knows he believes in what he's doing fighting against the emperor but at the same time he's he's mostly focused like he feels like he wants to save Horus his his loyalty and his dedication are to the to the guys to his left and right which speaks to me as a vet and you know wanting to to take care of his you know his gene sire so it his loyalty is in the right place. It's just you know, is he necessarily doing the right thing? And you know, he doesn't actually want to go to demonhood. He he hates the the seeing what the Death yeah. Guard become and the world leaders and all that. So yeah, he's I think he's one of the most sympathetic characters. So yeah, I I think he's good. Um, my favorite is Loken um, and Soul Tarvitz. They're my favorite characters from the books. Anyway, Dave, look, we ain't got time for this. This is yeah, this is this is not a, a lore podcast. We are here to talk about. We just got got off on a on a tangent because we are here to talk about the new Chaos Marines Codex. But yes. before we do that, we have to acknowledge uh, Siege Studios. If we have to, I think so. I think we should. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Because James is awesome. They, yeah, they, James is awesome. Now they've made a massive, massive, massive announcement, and it's called Warrior Workshop. Okay. It's it's coming, guys. A new brand to Siege Studios is coming out. And we're going to get James on to talk more about this because I think this product is going to be absolutely incredible for people that want to get their miniatures on the table. Um, so C Studios just in a really good release trailer about it. It's on their YouTube channel. They've started up an Instagram account. So if you're interested in what this is, go and check it out. Warrior Workshop, go and check out the details. Um, I'll be posting links about it and all that kind of stuff. But if you were looking to get your army commission painted, then not only have you got C Studios for your like box art level, armies but you've also got this a little bit more tabletop quality so if you want that but still within the entire 
I suppose, like process of Siege and all that quality assurance that that company gives, then it could be a fantastic, um, slightly more affordable for many, op- you know, opportunity uh, for the product. So I think that's going to be absolutely brilliant and so happy to see this on the market. So anyway, that's that. Big news. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And, and now that this is our last codex we have to do, we've been doing book release after book release for the last two months. Uh, for uh, for the podcast, so now I think after this we're going to finally be able to slow down and do some other the stuff you and I want to cover. So um, yeah. we're definitely going to have James on for a whole episode, which will be great. Um, Let's see. Then uh, oh, before we forget and move on, I'm so excited to get into this codex. I want to hear all about it. Um, don't forget, please to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five star review, um, because that's how the uh, the aggregators help spread out the word of the the podcast. We really want to get as much popularity as we can. Uh, because we were trying to spread the word of Vanguard Tactics and sportsmanship and fair play. So, um, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post yesterday. I, I thought about uh, something about um, there was a event on uh, last weekend's the Money in the Bank professional wrestling, and there was a two of uh, the female wrestlers had a great match, and then they hugged it out at the end, which you don't normally don't see because it kind of goes against the storyline. And I liked that moment of sportsmanship and fair play. It really made me think about why I'm proud to be a member of Vanguard. But um, anyway, you all can check that out on my Instagram at, at Infantry Lawyer. You can check out uh, Steve on his Instagram at, at the Vanguard Tactics. Um, and do we have a review for this week? We do. We do have a review. Go for it. And it's a five star review. Okay. And it's from Smokey Musket. And he said, uh, the title is great content. Thank you. And the comment is, haven't played in 20 years, haven't painted in 10, getting back into the games because my kids found all my old models and have fallen in love with the hobby and the Warhammer world. The game is so different from my 2000 uh, Space Wolves. Um, This podcast is helping a ton, getting my Warhammer brain back up to speed. I've decided to dive full into the Xenomorph uh, Black Tyranid Army. It's going to be fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your reviews. It really does help. Um, You know, just like, like Dave said, help us reach more people. And that's all we want to do, give out good quality information and ultimately spread the good word and positivity about the hobby. So if you want to leave the toxic, toxicity and negative, negativity behind, then you know that can stay on forums in places like Reddit or wherever else. Uh, you want to come to some positive place, you come to Vanguard Tactics. What we do here, positivity, guys. Yep. Yeah? Positivity, encouragement, and... Uh... I was actually um, brainstorming lists with a couple of guys from the Academy over the weekend. We were trying to help him redefine, redesign his uh, space Marine list from the ground up. So it was a lot of fun. And I like being able to, to, to jump in and help people with that stuff. So even if you're not, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you can get all the information from the coaches and then you're going to find other friends, even if they're on the other side of the planet and you can share swap ideas and, and talk lists and, and, yeah. and, you know, all those things. So it's great being part of the Academy and being part of the community is fantastic. So, um, but without further ado, we are skipping law- rules lawyer this week because this book is massive. This is, I think, this is the biggest codex they've ever released. It's it's a it's a big it's a so it's a, lot of it's a whopper for sure. So mm. um, I have not read the book yet, so we're just I'm just going to ask all of my um, questions as we go along. And you, we're going to do our usual thing though. You're going to start. We're going to start wide and then work down to narrow. There's so many. Um, different legions and all this and the, the book it dwarfs the space ring codex guys so what we're probably going to end up doing is doing um, after this episode is doing short 20 minute episodes a few of, at a time 
um, to go over what each of the individual legions actually do. Today, we're just going to cover the big picture stuff. So, um, Steve, I'm going to start. Well, I actually forbid you to even read this codex, didn't I? I said, no, yeah, yeah, you told me last week, you're like, don't read it. I no. want you to be to go into this ignorant. And I said, that's not a problem. I do that every day. Well, so we're going to look at broad strokes, okay? We're going to look at the do's and the don'ts, everything you need to understand about this book. Um, so therefore, it's going to set you up for success in the future. There's a lot to this. Um, now, is this as big as the Eldar Codex? It's probably getting towards that size. Um, we've got a huge amount of stratagems, warlord traits, relics in this book. Um, and you've got to think about it as, although there might not be as many data sheets in here uh, for the actual army, because the army data sheets, there aren't that many compared to Space Marines. What there is, is a lot of rules. And it's those rules and how they all come together is the complexity of this. But we are going to make this super simple for you. Have you got this, Dave? Are you ready? Yep, I am ready. Are you ready to go on your warrior lodge journey with me down the dark road of chaos in the warp i i am i am prepared i am dangling in in skulls and fetishes and trinkets great okay so let's get started with this book you're going to open it up and you're going to realize that are there lots of different legions now legions are just like chapters they're like craft worlds whatever it might be this is your chosen army okay no pun intended yeah and I, and I like that we've now moved away from, from space, chaos space marine chapters to we've gone back to legions. They're, yes. they're just legions in this book, so, which is what they always were. Now, when you open the book, the, when we start to get to the rule section, you've got something called attachment abilities. You've got something called slaves to darkness. Okay, so let me explain what this is. Slaves to darkness allow you to use corn berserkers, rubric marines, plague marines, and noise marines. So each of those really iconic units that we have, whether they're Thousand Sun or, or Death Guard units, you're allowed to use those specific ones, Corn Berserkers, Rubrics, Plague Marines, and Noise Marines in your army as an elite choice. Okay, got it? Yep, got it. There are also ways to then include those as, for example, troops. So for example, Noise Marines in a Empress Children army can actually become troops for you. And there are some rules around that. Okay, so if you want to put Plague Marines in your Chaos Army, you can. You're just going to need the Death Guard Codex for those Plague Marines. And then obviously you're going to be able to need the Chaos Space Marine book to run your Chaos Space Marine army. And they basically slot into that. It tells you what you lose, okay, and what you gain. Okay, so there are some keywords you lose and some keywords you replace with. All right? All right, hold on. I got to jump in here real quick. Go on. Um, okay, so Rubrics Marines from the Thousand Suns Codex, Plague Marines yep. from the Death Guard Codex. We know they've already announced there's a forthcoming World Eaters Codex. So you're talking about Corn Berserkers. Yeah. There has been no mention of an Emperor's Children Codex, but you're talking about bringing in Noise Marines. Uh, so You can't say anything because you're a playtester. But well, so can. you can. Yeah, because Noise so, Marines are in this codex. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, is this a, is this a suggestion that there's going to be an Emperor's Children Codex too? Oh, that'd be sick, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. They yeah, are my favorite. That would be, I mean, they've, they're, doing, they're doing three of the major four, like, that would be so cool if they did if they did an Emperor's Children Codex. But anyway, all right, sorry, I had to geek out for a second. Carry on. No problem. So let's take Plague Marines, okay? So if you include uh, Plague Marines in your detachment, uh, use the points, values, etc. from Death Guard Codex um, or the latest update on them. Um, they always have the Elite Battlefield role. You must replace all of their faction keywords with the following. So they become Chaos, they're Nurgle, they're Heretic Astartes, and Traitorous Astartes. Okay, and that's really important because then they lose their uh, bubonic or bibonic, whatever it is, bubonic 
keyword. Um, they yeah. gain let galaxy burn. All right. So they're going to lose, for example, discuss, disgustingly resilient. Um, they must be upgraded to the Mark and uh, Nurgle. I'll talk about that later. So they must be upgraded. At, therefore, you're going to have to pay some points for this. Spoiler alert. You're going to lose the bubonic Astartes keyword and you never gain a Legion trait. So you could take them in a Black Legion army, but they're never going to gain the Black Legion keyword. Got it? Right. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So you could do it, but it's probably not the most optimal way to run these. All right. Just for a right. little bit of flavor. And I'm sure they're still going to work similarly to how they work in the book, but without the bubonic Astartes keyword, then they can't benefit from certain of the strats that are in the Death Guard Codex. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So Champions of Chaos, this is another thing. You can only include one uh, Demon Prince or Chaos Lord um, or Dark uh, Commune units. You can only have one of each, all right, in, in your detachment. So like we've kind of seen before. Mere Mortals, you cannot include more Cultist units than Traitorous Astarte Core Infantry. Okay, Marine Army, uh, in, your, in your army, all right? Uh, okay, so, oh, so it's not just limited to legion, like basic legionaries. It's going to be... Terminators will count for that too. Raptors, yeah, all the core units that are infantry, yeah. Got okay. It. Uh, it's not slot locked either, so it's not like you need, if you want to take three units of cultists, you have to take three units of legionaries. If you've got a unit of Terminators, you've got a unit of noise marines, and you've got a unit of um, raptors, for example, they're three core units from the book. You could then take three cultist units, all right? Okay. Um, and a, a cultist character, because there are some now, can never be your warlord if it contains any heretic Astartes characters. So that's just a few things. And then we get into um, all the Legion traits. And then all traitorous Astartes, excluding cultists and agents of chaos and units described in the sla uh, Slaves of Darkness rule, see right, uh, this ability, um, then you gain a Legion army um, ability, basically the keywords. All right? Okay. Cool. So the Slaves of Darkness ability gives cultists the... Gives them like legionary abilities or, or, or keywords. No. So the, uh, basically the slaves to darkness is the corn berserker rubric, Marine plague, Marine and noise. Marine. Oh, oh, okay. Got it. Okay. So got basically it. they can't. And then also your cultists can't get the benefit of legion keywords. All right. Got it. So then we go into legions and each legion we've got, for example, a legion trait with a couple of bullet points on their rules. You get a secondary objective for that legion. You then get, six warlord traits for each legion you then get i don't know about one two three four five six seven eight stratagems specifically for that legion normally in other books it's one you're now getting eight yeah there's about 10 relics just for that legion and that is basically what you get for each legion okay that's a lot yeah do you want to know the legions dave uh let me okay so i'm gonna rattle them off from memory and you let me know if i forget one go on obviously there's there's uh Black Legion, yeah. Uh, what's left of Sons of Horus? Black Legion, Alpha Legion, uh, Knight, Lords, Iron Warriors, um, Emperor's Children, World yeah. Leaders. Yeah. Can't think. Of, what are what am I forgetting? Uh, no, you've done a pretty good job there, actually. Death, and then obviously Death Guard and Thousand Tons. Yeah, there's only there are a couple more in here. Red Corsairs. Oh, Red, uh, Red Corsairs are in there, right? Yeah, and also the creations of Bialar as well. Oh, okay. All right. So they, they brought that in from the, because that was in one of the uh, Psychic Awakening books. That's so it. they brought them, they brought that don't in. Need, you don't need those anymore. You just go with this. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Those were, those were brought out of, out of circulation, but 
there the, the concept of creations of bio is incorporated in there as its own. But what I mean is that I'm sure there'll be some questions. Oh, I've got this book. Does that mean I can use these stratagems as well? No, it completely replaces it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And they and, and GW, for anybody listening, uh GW released a, a list a couple of uh like two months ago stating what what books were still um valid um rules for, for ninth edition and all the psychic awakening books were phased out. So no, yeah. you can't go back to your old psychic awakening books. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's just good to clarify because obviously not everyone's going to constantly keep up with that's why I thought it might be good to cover that. Right, yeah. So, Black Legion. Now, I would love to do a deep dive on each of these because they're really different in each of their flavor. But should I give you like my cliff notes on each one, Dave? Yeah, let's just do a, just give me a, a, a 60 or 90 second snippet on each one and then we'll get into the rest of uh, Let the Galaxy Burn and all that other stuff. Okay, so your Black Legion are probably in this book one of the most tactical, efficient armies and legions in this book, okay? They're all-rounders. They can fall back and shoot. They can do all those different elements that you want a tactical army to do. They get lots of re-rolls to improve their efficiency, pluses to hit. And they've got some really cool objective-secured shenanigans in the book, all right? So that's kind of how okay. they think about playing the mission. Black Legion's your boys, all right? Got it. The word bearers. Now, this army, if you're obviously familiar with the law, is very much around using their priests, their psychic powers to really enhance their demon kin units. And that's exactly what this army does. It can be brutal and devastating in combat um, and is going to pair really, really well with your demon kin units. Your demon kin units are anything that is things like your possessed, your obliterators. And those different elements that are maybe your warp talons that have those demonic kind of keywords, all right? The, yeah. the chaos space marines that have given themselves to the chaos gods and said, mutate me. You know, those, yeah. they're your demon because they're not core as well. And we'll cover that later. So that's your word bearers, all right? So they've got some really cool, strong stuff in here. Is, is a hellbrute um, a demonkin? No, I don't believe it is. Oh, okay. I like okay. the hellbrute model. I, I, people don't play them a lot, and I'm hoping that'll, that'll change because I love the hellbrute model. I think we're going to see some coming back in this book. Okay, cool. All right. You got your Night Lords, and these are probably the most scariest in terms of literally, that's what they do. They will scare you and fright you and uh, modify your leadership. And therefore, once they've done that, they are going to start to prey on your weaknesses. And that's exactly what this army does. It's quite fast. It's got good flexibility on the table um, and ultimately is going to punish you in the morale phase along with enhancing itself when you are uh, basically debuffed okay that's kind of how this army's going to play yep. on the table yep and that's uh, that's the legion that uh, that mike uh is going to be playing that's it that's at least once a day i get it we we, we get a text from him that says ave dominus rex Sorry, or ave dominus yeah. nox or whatever it is yeah trinosaurus rex i think is, is what he's trying to say something like that i don't know yeah who knows um then we've got iron warriors iron warriors are your most resilient and brutal shooting army. This is your siege army, the army you take just to absolutely blow your your opponent off the table with guns, okay? Yep. These are the guys you want. Okay, they've got loads of ways to buff up, you know, vehicles and units like your obliterators and all that kind of stuff. So thinking yeah. guns, this is your army, you know, stand and shoot and all that kind of, you know, shenanigans that we've seen before. Yeah. Talking of shenanigans, that takes us on to the Alpha Legion. Now, the Alpha Legion are probably the sneakiest and also most janky shenanigan-based legion out of them all, okay? Yeah. If, they've, if there's a trick out there, these guys probably know it. 
all right? And these are like your, okay, your masters of sort of manipulation, as it were. They've got, uh, for example, redeploys. They've got pre-game moves. They've got the ability to hide their secondary choices from you. They've got things Wait, to- Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have to tell you secondaries, mate. They're a bit sneaky. Well, okay. That, yeah. I'm not a fan of that, but okay. I mean, we have seen this before in other factions, but it, you know, like we said, if there's a trick in the yeah. book, these guys have got it. They yeah. can, to my absolute dismay and disgust, <sighs> do you know what they can do, Dave? Auto-explode their units? No. No, 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 no. They auto-explode your units. Wait, what? Yeah. So... I use my Hellbrute, blow up your Rhino, I, or let's say Tau Hammerhead, right? How many, how many mortal wounds does a Hammerhead do? Uh, a D6, I believe. It's D6. Range of six, yeah? Yep. Yeah, so I just kill your Hammerhead with, I don't know, my few last cannons or whatever. And uh, yeah, just blow up your vehicle. Don't even roll it. Blow up. I love the fact that I somehow guessed, just from the way you sighed and rolled your eyes, that, that there was something auto-explode related after our Imperial Knights discussion, but I was kind of like kidding halfway. That's not cool. I'm not, I don't want my Riptide being auto-exploded. But what I've decided, Dave, is if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah? Rather than me being sold to about my vehicles exploding, how about I play Alpha Legion and go and ruin people's day? I'm not going to do that. But anyway, no, no, so, no you're uh, not. Look, guys, warning, disclaimer, Vanguard Tactics, very sarcasm will be applied, all right? And dry sense yes. of humid. Um, so, again, they got the tricks, right? It's pretty cool. I love it. I really do yeah. love it. It's, yeah, no, it is. That's, it's actually cool and, it, and it's, it's, it's very thematic and fluffy. So, I, I, I dig it. It's going to suck when it happens. But you know what? Hey, you, wanna, you don't want that to happen? Uh, don't let them kill your vehicles. Yeah. So, jump back in the cover. Now we're next on to. My children, okay? The Emperor's children. Yes. They are flawless in their perfection. They are. And this is an army that is just true to my core, you know? That's all they're seeking is perfection in life. And I love it. Shameless hedonists? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, but they just want to... <laughs> if there's a self-help book and a self-improvement book, these guys have probably read it, okay? <laughs> that's it. That's all, that's all they're yes. trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Right. So the Emperor's children. I was talking to Michael the other day and he was like, oh, I bet they've got some good shooting. I was like, actually, no. Well, that's a change because currently, well, up until this book came out, everybody was talking about noise marines and and all the shooting that they were doing. Yeah, so in previous Kelts books, some of us of Emperor's children or Selenesh favoured things were like, noise marines, buff them up, you know, extra damage, extra AP double shoot, plus one to wound, and they would put out like a horrendous amount of shots, right? Yeah. They used to yeah. shoot on death. It was like a real shooting-based army. There was like a, a relic to like re-roll all wounds for a turn in shooting. It was crazy. Okay. Right. But it was, like, but it was contrary to, the, to the, the way that they actually are in the lore. Yeah. In the lore, these guys are like master swordsmen. They are perfections in their craft, okay? Right. Yes, they've got the noise marines, which will make your brains and your eyeballs explode when they go off, but that bit, that aside, these guys are masters in combat. They really are. Okay. And this set of rules reflects that so well. You know, my blood angels, Dave. 
I'm very familiar with the Blood Angels. Okay. I would hate to play Emperor's Children as a Blood Angel player. I would get my ass handed to me. I'm, I'm just pausing for a moment to consider the, all the ramifications of what you just said. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Now, it is and it isn't. They're a bit slower than the Blood Angels, but in terms of their just accuracy in fighting and their manipulation of the combat phase is second to none, okay? These guys' combat tricks make Harlequins look like clowns. Mm, no, no pun intended. So, um, oh, Emperor's Children, you're my boys, okay? You're going to see me a lot. You're going to see me a lot playing in pink, all right? That's going to be my color for the season. All right, well, it worked well for you on the, uh, on the Pride Month uh, episode, so. Well, you got a rocket, haven't you? That's right. Talking of colors, we now go on to the red corsairs. Your red corsairs are basically your white scars of the game. All right. So if there's, if you're thinking okay. white scars, red corsairs could be the ones for you. These guys are fast. And I mean, really fast. They've got all the movement tricks, whether it's in combat, whether it's shooting, these guys move it, move it, move it. Now, there's only three relics, three warlord traits, and four stratagems. So a slightly smaller legion. Okay. Uh, in terms of their rules, but there's still some really good flavor in here and some very strong combinations you can build from the Red Corsairs. Okay. Finally, we're on to the creations of Bile. Now, for those that know your lore, you understand that obviously Fabius Bile was part originally of the Emperor's Children and then basically got a little bit too big for his boots and decided, I don't need you idiots. I'm going to set up my own little legion. And that's exactly what he's got. He's got his own mutated monsters. Okay. This yeah. army, they're stronger. They're quicker. And not only that, when they go down, Dave, they go down and they go down swinging. A lot of fight on death. They fight on death. So they've got some pretty cool stuff here. All right. They've got some very cool things. Um, and some of they've got some really powerful stratagems like advance and charge stratagem for one CP. Auto stimulants. I love it. I mean, there's some really cool stuff in here. Okay. I, I was, because, you know, I haven't read the book yet, but I was, when I heard the Creations of Bio was in there, it was a, uh, my first thought is, oh, these guys are going to be like Rax and, and sort mm. of the homunculus version of Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, I suppose that's not a bad, uh, you know, bad thing to think of them as, but they're, they're pretty brutal. So out of all my synopsis there, what do you think, Dave? Do you think Games Workshop have done a good enough job based on my description of combining the lore to the faction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is, it, it sounds like they have done what they've done every other ninth edition codex, which is they reset a lot of things back to the way they're supposed to be in the lore. They have leaned all the codexes and play styles of all the different factions towards the lore so that they are very lore driven, loyal or lore adherent. So I think it's great. I think this book is probably the best out of them all I've ever seen so far. There's, a, there's another thing, Dave, that we haven't spoke about and we never need to talk about when it comes to this book. What's that? Custom legions. There's none. There's none of this like, oh, hail of doom in, you know, a bit of expert crafters or whatever you want to call it. No, none of that. Which A, thank God, and B, because uh, that means there's a lot less room for customization Jank. and a janky abuse of rules, which is what a lot of those custom things end up being. And also... Yeah. 
it makes sense it, that also is lore loyal lore specific you there's not a there's, there's no random new chaos space marine legions just suddenly popping up all across the galaxy with all these other guys no it's not happening so i mean the closest thing yeah. to a custom or a new chaos marine legion is the red corsairs and they're in there but yeah they're like, you're, you're just you're renegades from marines Right, you know, or your, um, you know, kind of more heretic white scars, or whatever sort of narrative you want, you can build a legion around it, right? Which is cool. I really, yeah. really like it. You can still right. paint your army yellow and call it Emperor's Kids. If you want? I don't know. Whatever, you know, whatever sort. Of, <laughs> right. Whatever the Emperor's Dragons or whatever you want yeah. to call it, you can do it. Right. Go nuts. Plan- planetary buffet lovers. That's it. You know. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Then you get to the stratagems, and the stratagems relate to obviously different units, different gods, different marks. Um, yeah, and there's about four pages of stratagems like you would come to expect with the Chaos Codex. Now, obviously, right. you're only going to access those Legion um, stratagems if you have chosen that Legion. The same with those Warlord traits and those relics. But then you, these all these pages of stratagems you get no matter what Legion you are, okay? Providing that you still qualify having the right unit or mark, for example. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I got a question. So obviously with, with the change to CPs and Nephilim, the, the, the whole multiple patrol detachment thing is going to be far less common than it has when people are going to be doing battalions. But assuming somebody wants to do that, what's the penalty of souping together Iron Warriors and Emperor's Children or whatever? What do you lose? Well, you're not going to get any benefits. I'm not even sure you can even do it, can you? I don't know. I mean, I don't do, they don't. Don't they? They don't all have the heretic Astartes keyword or whatever, right? Yeah. So maybe you le- you lose then your um. I'd have to read the Nephilim mission pack, but if you did it, you're going to lose a lot. You're okay. probably going to lose the Let's Galaxy Burn. Okay. And Let Galaxy Burn is like your super doctrine for being mono faction army. Okay. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Dave. You don't want to lose that. What is it? Because you mentioned it before when we were talking right before we started recording, and I. I don't know what that is. Okay, I'll cover that now then. So let the galaxy burn. This is your super doctrine, okay, for your army. Now, stay with me on this, Dave, and I do have a members video on YouTube where we explain this in a lot more detail. So if you do want to become a member of the YouTube channel and the podcast, we've kind of combined it in one. It's, it's like two ninety nine is our cheapest um, entry level, and we basically give you a, a video every single Friday. But this month we're doing two videos a month, uh, two videos a week. Sorry. Uh, so every Friday you can expect two chaos-related videos, and we break everything down. Okay, from the top core combos to let the galaxy burn, marks of chaos, how they all interact with each other. So again, you want that sort of minutia level to make sure you're up to speed with your army or know how to play against the army. Become a YouTube member, and I've also got an exciting announcement to make about um, the podcast, which I haven't even told you yet, Dave. You have not. We'll talk about that after we record. Okay. Let the galaxy burn. All right, you ready for this, Dave? Yep, go for it. All right. When you use a flamer weapon, Dave, you add two to the result. The plus two to wound on all flame weapons? No, no, no. So if you roll a d6, you, get, uh, you add two to it. Oh, okay. So, oh, so it's a tau flamer. Yeah. So what, d6 let... plus two shots. Yeah. Okay. I like, that's my rule. You can't take that away from me. How dare you? Yep. We've got it. Now, but there's a bit more to it than that, okay? Right. Um, obviously, oh, you know, we've got wantons. 
W-A-N-T-O-N. How how does that pronounce? Wanton? Wanton. Wanton. Okay. Wanton. Yep. Yeah, we've got wantons. Yeah, so, not wontons. We're not eating in a Chinese restaurant. It's, oh, it's wanton. Yeah. That's what I thought they were. So there are three different wantons. We've got destruction, massacre, and slaughter. Turn one, your army is in destruction. Think big guns, big destruction, okay? Okay. Each time a model in the unit makes an attack with a heavy, rapid fire or grenade weapon, an unmodified roll of a six scores an additional hit. Okay. All right. Heavy. So exploding sixes for heavy, rapid fire, and grenade weapons. Yes. Notice the heavy, the, sorry, we'd expect the heavy weapon, but notice the rapid fire weapon keyword in there. Okay. So don't get this confused to your doctrines for the space. Yeah. Game. This isn't Devastator Doctrine. No. Similar, but different. Now we're into the massacre. So in turn two, you have to move to massacre. All right. Okay. Massacre is rapid fire, assault, or pistol weapons. Okay. Sixes explode. So each time you roll a six, it counts as an additional hit. All right. Okay. So it's, again, similar to tactical doctrine, but with its own flavor and spin. Yeah. So it includes rapid fire, assault, and pistol weapons. Now at turn three, you can either stay in massacre or you can move to slaughter. And in slaughter, each time you fire an assault weapon, pistol weapon, or melee weapon, you get exploding sixes. And then you stay in those, you stay in slaughter for turns four and five as well then. Okay. So the, okay, so it, it you're, you're going through these exactly in the same pattern that you do your dev doctrine, tactical doctrine, assault doctrine. Yep. But the exploding, but you're getting exploding sixes, you're getting additional hits instead of the additional AP. Correct. And the weapon are, are slightly different, broken down. Yep. That's very cool. Pretty like simple, it. right? Pretty simple yeah. to remember. It is, it, is, it is the evil version of Devastator Doctrine, Tactical Doctrine, Assault Doctrine. Yeah. It's, again, it's fluffy, it makes sense, and it's, it's really going to be powerful too. Yeah. Because what, um, I think before, Chaos Space Marines had like um, uh, Death to the False Emperor, which kind of did the same thing. So you don't get that anymore. That's gone. All right. So no, no death to the false emperor. Instead, you've got the wantons. All right. Yeah. So next up, the next thing I want to talk to you about is marks of chaos. There are four gods of chaos, Dave. So your whole army starts as undivided. All right. Okay. All of your models are um, basically undivided. Then, and it will tell you on your data sheet who has the undivided keyword and who doesn't. So some units don't get a mark of chaos, whether it's undivided or any of the other four gods. Now there's four gods, there's Korn, there's Nurgle, there's Zinch, and there's Slanesh. All right? Yep. Now, when you choose a unit to have a mark, you have to pay 15 points for it as it currently stands. Then you also include the power level, whatever. Um, but like these sort of pointed upgrades that we've seen before, the only units that you can upgrade are the following. Are you ready, Dave? Yep, go for it. Core, character, and demon princes have to have one. Makes sense. Okay. Now, I haven't mentioned non-core units. Yeah. And I haven't mentioned cultists. You can't upgrade those. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. That makes sense. I mean, you're sticking a mark of corn on a land raider doesn't really make sense, but no. I mean, you can paint one on, but 
getting a benefit doesn't make sense. So, all right, that tracks. Okay. Core character and Demon Princess. Got it. Yeah. Now, Demon Prince has to be upgraded. Yeah, Demon, right. Demon Prince is mandatory. The rest is optional. Now, when you look through the book, there's certain stratagems and relics that are designated, or designated, should I say, to a particular mark. So you can only take that if you have that mark of chaos. Berserkers. Yeah, so let's say there's a, I don't know, a relic for corn. You can't give that to a Slanesh model or an undivided model. It has to go on a corn model. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If somebody tried to do that, otherwise I'd want to reach across the table and throw the dice at them. I mean, that's a bit rude, Dave, but, you know, each to their own. Um, then we've got, <laughs> you've also got priest abilities. So, like, you kind of, your dark apostle, a bit like, you know, a chaplain equivalent. Um, they've got a priest ability for each of the dark gods. And you know, so if you upgrade a priest, you gain this additional ability. All right. This additional litany or whatever you want to call it. Chant is it? I think it's called here. But you can only- okay. So if you so if you have a dark apostle, they have their base litanies that they have access to, and if you give them, say, a mark of slanesh, they get that additional slanesh One. litany on as an option. And guess who you can put that on? Uh, core characters or demon princes? Anybody else with that same mark? So you can't take. Oh, okay. So you can't use a. You can't. You, your your dark apostle can't do the slanesh litany to benefit something with a mark of Nurgle. Bingo. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Then there's psychic powers. Now, psychic powers, you can take a psyker. There's a, two different trees you can take from. You can take the normal one, the dark uh, heretic one. Um, and then you've got the sort of master of possession. Sorry if I've butchered any names, guys, but if you're listening by now, you know me. You've got the dark heretic discipline or hereticus, hereticus, whatever. And then you've hereticus. got the, that's the one. Then you've got the yep. malefic discipline. This is why he keeps me around, me around people. You know, someone commented on my Facebook post, why is there always a grammar or spell a mistake in your post? I'm like, well, I'm dyslexic. So deal with it. They're my little gifts to you, okay? Yeah. You're just spending your free time correcting my It's grammar. like, where's Waldo? You, you yeah. just go through and find, you know, where Steve's dyslexia kicked him in the butt. Okay. It happens. Move on. We're not all perfect, all right? That's why, you know, as Emperor's children, we're trying to perfect ourselves. Anyway, that's right. Moving on. So, you've got these different uh, powers, okay? These different psychic trees you can get access to if you've got the right psyker. But if you've then upgraded your psyker to have, for example, a Marcus Slanesh, you then know the Slanesh power. Oh, but again, you then can't use that Slanesh power on uh, anything else that doesn't have a Slanesh mark. Bingo. You got it, Dave. Yeah. So, he can so be taught, what? folks. I know. They say you can't teach a dog new tricks, but here we are. It's happening live. So yep. now that's one thing. So already you can start to see by having marks, not only do you unlock new potential for relics, warlord traits, stratagems, and powers and such like, but you also get a benefit for it as well. Okay. So the more you lean into a dark god, the more you worship that god, the more synergies you're going to have across your army, but the less maybe tools in the toolbox you're going to have. So do you go all in on one approach or do you go wide with different you know, abilities and traits, okay? Right. Because corn is just your utter brutal combat, all right? So for example, I will cover the marks. I think it's important uh, to cover this today. The mark of chaos, the mark of corn, should I say, you get, if you've got a mark, you get plus one to the strength characteristic of your attack, if your mark of corn makes sense, 
Yeah. You've got much bigger muscles if you're corn. All right. Uh, but that's yeah. only when you were charged, was charged, or hero clean to be, and you get plus one strength. All right. Okay. Now there's a there's a next bullet point which says if you have an icon. So if the unit has the icon keyword, and I believe there's like three or four units that can actually take an icon. Um, an icon is normally a five point upgrade you put on a unit. And if you've got the icon and you have a mark, you get this additional bullet point. So for example, under the corn one, if this unit has the icon keyword, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, increase the AP by one. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Drax. Yeah. Like your power weapons equivalent would not be minus three. That'd be minus four now. Okay. If you've right. got an icon. Okay. Mark and Nurgle up next. These are your real tough, durable models. When you've got the Mark and Nurgle, each time an attack is made for this unit, if the strength characteristic of that attack either equals or is at least double the toughness characteristic of the unit, subtract one from the wound roll. So what does that mean, Dave? Your, your higher strength weapons are going to be less effective against you, so... Against, against those Nurgle units. So you're, okay. you're, you're leaning into the durability aspect again. So this means you can never, ever be wounded on a one a two or a two. Yep. You can, yeah, so you can never be one, wounded on a one or a two. That's the at least double or more. Okay, so if you're toughness five and you get hit with something that's strength 10 or 11 or 12, you're wounding on threes. Now, if, however... The, the strength of the gun is exactly the same as your toughness. So if your toughness five, Dave, and I'm strength five, I also become minus one to wound. Therefore, I'm wounding on fives rather than fours. Okay. And the sound you hear is heavy bolters being even less popular suddenly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the army's toughness four, but right. again, you know, like, you know, bolt guns shooting a Terminator, Terminator's a toughness four. You know, now you need fives to wound them. Okay. Right. So, in short, you can never be wounded on a one or a two. And occasionally, when the strength and the toughness match, you can't be wounded on a four. All right. Yep. Okay. So, Zinc. Wait, oh, back up. Did the, does the mark of Nurgle give you a plus one toughness too? No. Oh, okay. No. That's several, several editions ago. Yeah. That, okay. So, there is some other Nurgle based stuff to increase toughnesses, but that's okay. later on. Okay. Uh, Mark Nurgle, if you have the icon keyword, when you make a ranged attack, a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target. So if you're, in the one, if you're in one of the massacres and you've got some rapid fire weapons and you put in, let's say, 20 shots, well, let's use, tw let's use multiples of sixes. Let's put, you say you put six shots, um, six shots in, you're going to roll yep. a six. You should do anyway, unless you're me or you, Dave. Um, yep. You should roll a six. That six will automatically wound the target. Now, if you're in that right massacre with that rapid fire weapon, they'll also explode to another hit. So that means you'll get six hits, creating one additional hit. So therefore, seven of them total, but one of them's going to automatically wound. So you put one aside and then you get just six other wound rolls you've then got to make. All right. All right. Mark is inch next. These are obviously your psychic based armies. They've got some really cool shenanigans here. Um, once per turn, if you've got the Marcus of the Zinch, this is 
Um, once per turn, the first time a saving throw is failed for this unit. So it's once per turn, and there's two turns in a battle round. My turn, your turn. Yep. Um, the first time you fail a save, the damage characteristic of that attack is changed to zero. Okay. All right. That's cool. And that's for any unit. Yeah. If you put a if mark of Zinch on a squad of five legionaries. Yeah. I right. could shoot the Laz cannon. And if I failed my armor save, it's just zeroed. Yep. Equally, you could, and there are some tactics to play around this, okay? With oh, yeah. like ch- chip damage and all sorts, but we can come on to that later. Um, now, if you've got the icon keyword, this is one of my favorites for legionaries. When you make a ranged attack, if you've got the icon keyword, you get plus one AP on that attack. So now all of a sudden your bolt guns become minus one AP. All right. Very cool. Any attack, extra AP. Brilliant. Yeah. So now we're on to the speedy boys, the Mark of Slanesh. When you have the Mark of Slanesh, when you're in engagement range, you get fight first. Very nice. Especially in a world with less CPs where interrupting combat is not as popular. Yeah. Or won't be as frequent, should I say. Having always fights first is very powerful for a combat army. Hence why... The Emperor's Children, if you don't know, the Emperor's Children army, um, I didn't mention this earlier, every single unit that can be upgraded to have a mark in an Emperor's Children army has to be upgraded to Slanesh. No others, just Slanesh. That's because they think they're the best. Well, they just, I don't know, they just go all in on it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a bit like, you know, if you were to take a, a Nurgle army, they've all got Nurgle, right? They're all Nurgly. Um, so now how do you determine if you've got, oh, if you're actually playing Emperor's Children, if you declare that as your faction, um, as your faction you have yeah. to, everybody has to have it. Got it. Okay. Every core unit, every character um, has to, and every Demon Prince has to be upgraded to Slanesh. Um, but obviously then your cultists and your vehicles don't have to be upgraded because obviously they can't take them anyway. Okay. Right. No, you can upgrade Hellbrutes a core. So that is the one exception, I think. And also, um, you've also got the, the name has lost me, the character vehicle. Um, something on a Hellstalker or something. Oh, the, the, you're not talking about the Lord Discordant. The Lord Discordant, that's it, yeah. He's obviously okay. a character vehicle, so that can be upgraded right. as well. Um, the old no, Disco Lord. Disco Lord, that's it, yeah. The Marcus Slanesh, if you have the icon keyword, each time a model in this unit makes a melee attack, add one to the hit roll. Again, their accuracy and their efficiency goes up by having an icon. So basically hitting on twos. What's not to like about that, Dave? Oh yeah, that screams Steven Box to me. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Combat, fight yep. first, extra. Combat, fight first, and I'm going to hit you on twos. Brilliant. It's like a sanguinary guard theme going on here. For sure, yeah. Okay, Dave. So out of all the marks, which one do you like the sound of most? Uh... I'm kind of caught between um, World Eaters and Emperor's Children, but I got. I think. I think as far as ease of playability, it's got to go with uh, Emperor's Children. I think makes it the. Yeah. There's some yeah. cool combos in here, and you start to stack them these together, and it makes this decision really hard which way you go. Yeah, I mean, I like the plus one strength because I, you know, anything that will angle dice in my favor, I I, I need desperately. So. Um, I like the plus one strength, but you know, also hitting on two pluses is you, you can't argue with that. 
well, and also mini transhuman built-in also isn't bad, and especially an extra AP on your ranged attacks is also great. Um, I've used the, yeah. I've used Zinch Legionaries, and they put out work, and they are just so hard to shift. When every time you fail, you know, uh, you know, you could have a unit in cover with armor of contempt. Now, fail an armor save, you're like, cool, just you just ignore it. You're like, oh, I've got to put another unit in there, and you'll be lucky to kill it. You know, so. Some people yeah. just don't bother. So it's really cool. Okay. Mass Marks of Chaos done. The next okay. section we come to, Dave, is Relics. Now, Relics are really cool in this book because there's actually a stratagem in this book, Dave, that allows you to take, you know, the Relic stratagem, which allows you to put like a Relic on a different character and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Right. In this book's a bit different you can actually put two relics on a character. It explicitly says so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Providing one is a weapon and one's something else. So basically, have a weapon, have an amulet, or I don't know, a cool crown or armor or something. All right. That's cool. Did it, cool. Is, this, is this something they have instead of having the, the two warlord traits like most of the Space Marine chapters can? Um, only Black Legion can take double warlord traits. Okay. All right. So yeah, so, that, so essentially, yes, for... for Setting aside the exception of Black Legion, instead of getting two Warlord traits, you get two Relics. That's very cool. Yep. So one of the Relic types is your Demon Weapons. Now they're back. Now, basically, every time you, you come to use it, you roll 2d6. And if your result is less or equal to your Bearer's Leadership, okay, you can fight normally. If, however, you fail it before you couldn't use it, you just can't use the weapon. Whereas now... Right. You can either take D3 mortal wounds and then fight normally, or you can't use the weapon. You just take the D3 mortal wounds, don't you? Yeah, but for you and me, this is great because usually to exceed a leadership of eight or nine, you got to roll at least one six, and we don't do that. So, hey, it's great. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, when you give a demon weapon to a model, um, Providing your army is led by a warlord, a traitor Astartes warlord, then obviously you can give one of these characters um, basically one of these weapons. Named characters can't have a demon weapon. And you also can't upgrade the Lord Discordance, like bladed limb weapons can never become a relic. But any other weapon can become a, a demon weapon. All right. No matter what character, you could have a demon stave, you could have a demon axe, what, mace, whatever you want to call it. All right. Okay. Very cool. Now, there's a demon weapon for each of the Chaos Gods, and there's also one called uh, the Ulakaka, the Black, and that is for Chaos Undivided. It's probably my favorite one, Ulakaka. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read out the Ulakaka, the Black. Chaos Undivided model only. Select one melee weapon. Any weapon. One melee weapon, Dave, okay? Yeah, I love that any that these demon weapons can take the form of any weapon that the bearer wants. Not all of them, just some of them. I'll go. I'll come on to that. So select any weapon. When you are equipped with this weapon, and when you fight, that now is basically that weapon's now basically a relic for all rules purposes and has the demon weapon rule. See below. Each time an attack is made with this demonic demonic weapon, the Ulakaka, if that attack successfully wounds the target, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition. If you wound, you do a mortal wound. You okay. put this on a big thunder hammer or something, 
something strength eight, wounds on twos, or on lightning claws, that's something, you know, where you can re-roll the wound roll. Basically, every successful wound is a mortal wound in addition. This is great. You've then got Zal, the Wrathful. This is a corn one. You'll like this one, Dave. Basically, you can upgrade any weapon on this one and your damage becomes additional D3 to the damage. So if it's already a Thunder Hammer with flat damage 3, this is now a Thunder Hammer that's flat damage 3 plus D3 damage. I like it. Yep. Yep. Then you've got Gerholax, the Decayed, something like that, the Nurgle one. Right. Each time an attack is, if a hit roll is scored, you automatically wound, which is similar, obviously, to their mark of Nurgle or Icon ability. So you automatically wound and enemy models cannot use any rules to ignore the wounds they lost. So no feel, no pains, none of that kind of like damage reduction shenanigans, just eat these wounds, all right? Have all them. right. Yeah. Then you've got Co- Coake, the Boundless, Coak. I don't know. The bound. Okay, wait, hold on. I got, a, I, got a, I got a rules interaction question for you. So say you use that Nurgle demon weapon and you roll a six to wound and you, you can't do anything to modify the damage and you use it against somebody with the uh, mark of Zinch that's supposed to set the damage to zero. Yeah. What happens? You can't use it. You, you can't use the damage, the, the damage to zero ability? You, you no. just take the damage? No, I don't think so. All right. Cannot use any rules to ignore the wounds they lose. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Nice. So any any rules? Just that's that's the in, like you got to think intent here, right? Right. So basically, eat them wounds up. Have them. Cool. Then you've got Kuwait the Boundless. Uh, this is a Zinch one. Each time an attack with this demon weapon, it select any one weapon again. Um, allocate to uh, when it's you know obviously allocate to an enemy model. Invulnerable saves cannot be taken. Do so you want to put this on a really, really high AP weapon? Okay. High AP, yeah. good damage. Stick this on. No invun saves for you, Dave. All right. Sorry about yep. that. Okay. No good putting this on a minus one AP weapon because that's a waste. Armor of Contempt will laugh at you and you go, I don't need an invulnerable save. So yeah. something Thunder Hammer or Power Fist or something like that. Unless you're going into the, the Black Library and you're just going to fight Harlequins all day long. But then apart from that, you know. Right. There we go. So, yeah. no list tailoring, guys, all right? Just because your friend plays Harlequins. Um, then we got Thoracis in Thrall, the Rapturous or something. This is Slanesh one. Now, this is the only slight exception to all the others. This is a model with two or more melee weapons. Two. You have to have two weapons for this one to work. Two melee weapons for this to work, all right? All right. Like lightning so claws or something. Pair, pair lightning claws. Yeah, or maybe like a power fist and something else. Whatever, right? Those yeah. weapons are now demon weapons. Each time the bear is selected to fight, it can make an additional D3 attacks for each of those demon weapons roll separately. Okay. So, All right. So maybe you have a chainsword and a power fist. You get D3 additional chainsword attacks and D3 additional power fist attacks. You'd get one base for the chainsword plus D3. Yep. And then you get your like four other attacks, your normal four or five base attacks on the power fist. Plus D3, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Yeah. For, for me, out of, out of those, which are your faves? 
Um, I well, you know, I'm a huge fan of ignoring invuln saves, and um, I like and I like the extra the D three plus three damage. I, you know, uh, I was just talking to, to Mike the other day. I think that's like the ideal damage profile. Yeah. Um, for for a lot of weapons, I wish that uh, like blaze cannons should do D three plus three instead of D six. So I think that's a great damage profile. Mm. Well, you'll be happy about last cannons in this book when we get to the land radio section. Oh, okay, good. Um, see, I really like Ulakaka. Yeah, I think you just like saying that word. Ulakaka. <laughs> the only issue with that is obviously you've got to put it on an undivided one, so you can't put it in my favorite Empress Children list. It can only go when I run the Sons of Horus and be undivided. Right, so I, I, that's why, I think that's why I didn't like it, because I'm thinking you're going to want to stack this with the benefits of yeah. one of the marks. Mm. I mean, there is a Master Executioner build, and one of our members' content, Dave, me, Michael, Jake, and Nicole, we're all going to create our most brutal character we possibly can, and that is the best thing this, from this book, is the character combos, and we're going to do a Royal Rumble in the jungle, um, for one of our members' videos to see which character stat comes out on top for just sheer damage output or maybe durability. Okay, so we're gonna have like my a money's royal... my money's on Nicole. Yeah, she'll probably win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then what we're gonna do is a random generator. So we're each gonna write down something different, and then we're gonna reveal it at the end, like who our character is. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Anyway, there's a bit of a you know, in addition to all the sort of more competitive meta stuff we do, we just thought we'd have yeah. some fun. Right. Yeah. Gotta have a bit of fun every once in a while. That's it, you know. And then there's loads of relics, okay? So there's like like ones for priests, ones for sorcerers, some that you can give to cultists because obviously cultists have been flushed out a little bit. Um, you've then also got, um, you know, some weapons in here. Can we just talk about one relic before we move on? It's called the Black Mace, Dave. Okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Sorry, it's not called the Black Mace, Dave. It's just called the Black Mace. Right, yeah, of course. Okay, so the Black Mace. It replaces a power maul or a cursed crozius, so you can put this on a priest. Each time, and it's plus two strength, minus two AP, flat damage three. So it's quite a good profile. It's like a thunder hammer, kind of. Yeah. Um, now the ability is each time an attack is made with this weapon, excess damage it inflicts is not lost. Instead, it keep allocating excessive damage, or excess damage, should I say, to another model in the target unit. Either all excess damage has been allocated or the target unit is destroyed. Now, I found a way to get this guy, Dave, up to 10 attacks. Okay. He can reroll his hits and reroll his wounds for like warlord traits and relics and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. We can get him up to minus three quite easily, maybe even minus four AP. Okay. So you, you could go into it. You could go into, um, and you obviously get exploding sixes to hit. So you could go into two units of 15, let's say there was two units of 15 Necron Warriors next to each other, right? Yeah. And you managed to put your base so you could get engagement range of both. You could put five attacks on one unit, five attacks on the other, and you could do 30 damage and kill both units. How good is that? That's insanely good. Oh no. The Black Mace. The Black Mace, Dave. Dave's can Black the, Mace. Can you put the Black Mace? Can you put Dave's Black Mace? What? That, that or it sounds like somebody's getting sprayed in the face. Um, can you put the Black Mace on any um, any marked unit, or yeah. is it mark specific? Any. Nice. 
You can actually, yeah, I mean, it's pretty strong. I believe there's also a stratagem to put this on like a sergeant or a champion in a unit as well. Oh, Oh. gross. It's punchy, but there's a really cool priest ability where you give yourself two extra attacks, I believe. So, yo, you can get this guy or three extra. Oh, attacks. yeah, you're just you're just putting this on a smash chat on a smash chaplain, dark apostle. That's it. It's called the is a it's a, one of the chants, one of the prayers of the dark god, and three to the attacks of the priest. Okay. And then there's like a power called diabolical strength where you can give it plus two strength, plus one, uh, plus two attacks. Very cool. And Love there's it. a warlord strength for like anyway. So. That, like we said, members content, two ninety nine. Go to YouTube. You can watch all this cool stuff unfold every Friday. Um, okay, and there's loads of other really cool ones. Some of like then the rest of then in the book are like, hey, there's one for corn, so you can like hero clean to being six, uh, add one attack, um, that kind of stuff. Zinch, add one to your psychic tests, and then if you roll a nine plus, it's undeniable. Um, Nurgle with some like orb of unlife or something. There's some like crazy mortal wounds. Then you've got a really good Slanesh one, the intoxicating Lixer, basically um, uh, just some good old, old fashions right there. Um, <laughs> you get D, add D3 attacks just once per game, all right, at the start of the fight phase, D3 extra attacks, and the, ban- the bearer cannot suffer more than three wounds this phase, okay? Just can't take more than three, unless you're getting hit with that Nurgle sword and you still have to take it, but anyway. Right. Um, and there's like ones for like psychers, you can do additional power or whatever. So there's some really cool relics in this book. There really are. Then we get to the uh, the dark hereticus. Hereticus? Hereticus. Heret- hereticus. Is that right? Yeah, dark hereticus. Dark hereticus discipline. Okay, and you've got six different powers from in, uh, infernal gaze, which is like do some mortal wounds, prescience, plus one to hit in shooting combat. Diabolical strength plus two strength and attacks on a model. Death hex, no invunce for you unit. Uh, gift of chaos, more mortal wound shenanigans. Warp time, move a unit again but can't charge. Okay, that's your overview with the powers there. And then you get the skies of fate, putrid miasma, delightful agonies. Your zinch power, the fate one is basically here. Friendly zinch unit have a four up invulnerable save. Putrid miasma is basically um, minus one to hit on a Nurgle unit. And then Delightful Agonies have a 5 plus for no pain. Okay? There are your right. three powers for the gods. Now, if you've dedicated, for example, a Demon Prince that normally is a Psyker to become corn, you don't get the Psychic Tree because they don't do powers. They don't do Psychic. They just get extra buffs in terms of their combat abilities. So I think it's like maybe off the top of my head, plus one strength, maybe as well. Plus one strength, plus one attack. Something along those lines. All right? Yep. Now, then we're on to the Malefic Discipline, this is for your master, master of Possession, okay? You get the six here. Some of these are so good. <laughs> um, you can select Demonkin Unit. This is the first time this has really sort of come up. So these are your Warp Talons, your Obliterators, or your Possessed Units. Um, Demonkin Units, um, one of them is basically you select an enemy unit and you have plus one to wound roll against that and it also includes demon engines as well like your forge fiends mauler fiends so plus one to wound against an enemy unit pact of flesh this is great hey core legion demon kin or character have d3 wounds back my man um and whilst you're at it if it is not if it's not a starting strength you can put a model back so oh i've took a bit of a battering on that obliterator unit oh have d3 models uh, d3 wounds back oh and put a model back as well 
have a 90 point model back on the table. Oi. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Um, then there are um, Cursed Earth, Demon Kin and Demon Engines get a 4 plus in runnable save, and then Mortal Wounds in engagement range. Uh, possession, kind of some Mortal Woundy shenanigans. Um, infernal Power, every time you roll a 6, automatically wound. Uh, it's quite good. Um, and it's also com- considered to be an unmodified wound of six as well. So it's kind of like Hail of Doom, but for combat stuff, the Demon Kin, etc. units. Um, and then the, the next one then is basically you can add either plus one strength or plus one toughness to a unit. And if it's psychic test is over 10, then you can add both to your unit. All right. So that's your malefic psychic tree done. Okay. Nice All little right. Cliff Notes version. Well done. Yep. Thanks, mate. I'm trying to do this as quick as I can for you. Prayers of the Dark Yeah, because otherwise we, we will have, this will be an entire month's worth of episodes. We don't cliff notes yeah. it a bit. Prayers of the Dark God, this is your, your priest ability. You've got the Dark Zealotry. This is your kind of reroll hits aura. This is the one everybody, all the priests come stock with. Now you get the two little gribbly guys that follow you around that give you plus one to your rolls. You're doing this on twos. The only limitation really with this guy is that you can only really take one addition to the one that you already know, which is the Dark Zealotry. So you get six to pick from. If you have a mark, then you also get the mark one as well. So you'll basically be rocking around with three that you know you can cast one or chant yeah. one. One for corn, um, you're basically considered to be in all the wontons. So if it goes off here, core unit um, or, you know, corn character, you're in all the wontons. Destruction, massacre, okay. slaughter. Then you've got mute, uh, mutating invocation. This is an aura. This is Vizinch. Basically, everybody within three, six plus four, no pain. I'm much more interested about the fact that you can um, put somebody in all three uh, wantons at the same time. That's, I mean, for Space Marines, that's a three CP strat. For mm-hmm. to being able to do it as a prayer is awesome. I think that's great. Anyway, the Zinch one is all core Zinch units. Basically, you become an apothecary for them. So six plus four, no pain within three. The Nurgle one is, hey, core Nurgle unit, have an extra toughness. Oh, bikes become toughness six. Oh, terminates come toughness five. Quite good. Uh, That's quite good. Yeah, it's, especially with that sort of uh, modifier we spoke about earlier. Blissful. Because yeah. if you were playing against, let's say, Eldar, and they've got loads of strength six weapons, you're like, right, cool bikes. No good being toughness five, go up strength six. Or maybe up against loads of, I don't know, um, intercessors, which are strength four with chainsaws or assault bolts. You're like, oh, terminators go to toughness I don't know, five now or something. I don't know whatever it is, yeah. right? Everything's being wounding you on fives. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The the, um, the bikes, I think the, the better one is the bikes against Seldari and all the mm-hmm. strength, you know. Now all of a sudden with combined with the other Nurgle um icon ability or the mark ability, you're getting wounded on you're only getting wounded on fives. Or Mr. Hellbrute become toughness eight for the you know, turn. Very good. Oof, very good. Yeah. Oh, multi melters. Wound you on fives now. Sorry about that. So yeah. blissful de- devotion. Um, this is your Slanesh one. Unit within six of the priest, you can advance in charge. Very nice. That's spicy, isn't it? So that's what I think about the corn. It's probably the weaker one out of them. So having double exploding sixes on like your rapid fire bolt weapons, because it's only ever going to double explode on a rapid fire weapon. It can never do that on, um, I suppose in a, assault weapons would, because that would trigger twice in slaughter and massacre. So if you had like a unit with 10 melter guns, yeah, I think the double exploding six is fair game for now. Who it gets. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem ragingly unreasonable. No. So, unless it gets FAQ'd, I would play it rules as written that, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Maybe one to watch out for. Okay, then you've got your six um, general prayers. You've got one which is basically uh, legion and core units and cultists wholly within six get light cover. That's quite strong. You've then also got another prayer which is um, basically pick an enemy unit, leadership modification. You can't perform actions on that one. That's okay. Then you've got that omen of potency that I mentioned earlier. You do this on the priest itself. Add three attacks to the priest and then improve the AP of the weapon by two, but that excludes relics. So that won't stack with the... Um, that part of that ability won't stack with the, you know, Dave's Black Mace. And who doesn't want to be more potent? I oh, know. Um, then we've got the Warp Sart Plea, which is basically um, my friendly units get reroll ones to hit and you don't get light cover. Okay, that's quite good if you've got a shooting army. That's really good if you're going to stack that with Zinch Legionaries with loads of bolt guns. And we, there's some really cool combos we talk about on the members area as well on YouTube about how to run those efficiently with some paired with some stratagems and stuff. Soul Eater Portent, um, this is another one, Core, select a friendly one, like a command ability, basically plus one to wound, okay, it's quite good in melee. And then finally, my favourite one, Dave, Illusionary Supplication, pick a unit within six, that unit cannot be hit on a one, two, or three, irrespective of abilities, modifiers, anything of those shenanigans, and you cannot re-roll the hit roll. And that's against ranged and also combat attacks. That sucks. I'm not a fan of this transhuman to be hit thing. Transhuman to wound is fine. Transhuman to be hit, is, that's rough. Mm, it's good. Real good. Right, Dave, Warlord Traits. All right, Warlord Traits. These are generic ones anyone can take. Flames of Spite, basically reroll wounds and do mortals on sixes. Um, there's another one for a five plus feel no pain on your Warlord. You've got another one which is basically... Plus one strength and attack and reroll hits. Quite good. It's always like, you know, they're, they're really powerful on these characters. Yeah. Uh, Lord, of, Lord of Terror, to kind of, you know, mess about with people's morale and combat attrition and such like. Internal Vendetta. This is one of Abaddon's warlord traits. It's an aura. You pick, a, you pick an enemy unit and each time a core or character model fights that core unit, whether it's shooting or combat, you reroll the wound roll. So, oh, you've got a unit of custody bikes cool i'm re-rolling the wounds against that unit of custody bikes when it comes near me okay cool very cool um gaze of the gods okay um four up in save on the warlord and each time you make an attack you're considered to be in slaughter destruction and massacre quite good very good again now you've then got three uh, chapter approved rules in terms of the secondaries that are in here they'll also be in the nephilim book as well and obviously as i mentioned earlier um, each of the factions or the legions have their own special one. Yeah. They're actually very hard to score, I would say. Just as just on average? Yeah, you've got the No Mercy, No Respite. It's called the Long War. Basically, you get one point if you destroy the unit uh, that was in range of an objective, and then you score two points if you crawl an objective marker that was controlled by your opponent. That's really hard to get turn one. Um, you cannot score more than three points in a turn. It's quite hard to score more than, I think nine is probably what you're aiming for, maybe 12. If you go second, you'll be lucky to get 15. Um, purge the enemy. This is probably one of my favorites, actually. It's quite cool. Um, each time you kill a character, monster, or vehicle, you're going to get two points, providing you did it with a melee attack from one of your characters, okay? 
If one of the models had wounds between 10 and 19, you score an additional point. So if you basically get your character to kill a rhino, which has got 10 wounds, you're going to score three points for it. Okay. Um, or you score an additional two points when you kill a Titanic keyword with your character in combat. So Mr. Abaddon goes and kills a knight. Cool. Well, you just um, you're going to get four points. Yeah. You're going to get two basic and then or two additional for being Titanic. You're, it doesn't stack with the additional one between being 10 and 19. So right. I didn't think it would. That would, that, would be, that would be excessive. Or if it's the enemy warlord, you get an additional two points as well. And you can never score more than five points per battle round. In addition, each time you kill a monster vehicle or whatever uh, by a melee attack, roll 2d6 if you equal uh, less than the wounds characteristic of the destroyed model, you gain a command point. That's quite good. So basically, oh, I've just killed your big chaos knight. Oh, roll two dice. Oh, rolled under your wounds characteristic. Uh, have a command point. Quite good. Quite good. Very, very good. Yeah, I love it. So it does mean you need some punchy characters, so you can only do it in combat with your characters. Yeah. But who's playing Chaos Space Marines and not having at oh, least no. one good punchy character rolling around, one good Smash Demon Prince or something? Exactly, yeah. Then you've got your, thir- your third one, which is Shadow Operations. It's like R&D. You need to get to the center of the table. Sorry, you need to get to the center of the quarter within three of it. All right. Okay. That's much more specific than R&D. Within three inches of the center of the quarter of the table. All right. Yep. You can perform the action and you, de- you designate it to a dark god, um, whether it's Korn, Nurgle, Slanesh, whatever. Um, you can only dedicate a quarter to one god. Doesn't matter which one you do it to. It's completely fine. Um, if it is then dedicated, you get two to your leadership for the units with the same god. Um, so in order to score this, Dave, you keep a tally. At the end of the battle, score two victory points. If for the dark god tally is one, score five victory points. If the tally is two, um, score nine if it's three, and score 14 if it's four. So two, five, nine, 14 is the how many you get for each of the quarters, all right? Okay. It's also one of the first times we've ever had a, an objective like that, or a secondary like that, that actually scores, it caps at 14 instead of 15. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and, it, and they, I've tried it. It is quite difficult because you run out of units that can really do it for you. Um, yeah. Now, do you have to do a different Dark God for each quarter, or can you do corn yeah. on all four or all four? You can do whatever you want. Okay. You could have two Zinch, two Slanesh. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, it's just it's just for the legion, like the extra abilities on the leadership that matter for who it then buffs. Right. Um. So now we're into data sheets. Now, quickly to cover, there are uh, demon engines. So demon engines get five plus runnable save. They also regain a wound in your command phase. You got malicious volleys, which means when you're within half range, uh, you can obviously double shoot those rapid fire weapons. Um, if you remain stationary in your infantry, you can double shoot. And um, if you're a terminator or a bike. That's it, yeah. When yeah. I say double shoot, I just mean count as being in rapid fire range. Right. And then you've got warp strike, which is basically when you can set up nine inches away. Okay? Yep. So those are all very similar to the Space Marine counterparts, the loyal, Loyalist counterpart stuff. You'll notice there's no shock assault or relentless assault, whatever, whatever assault, it, hatred assault. There's none of that. All your extra attacks have already been baked into your profile. Okay? Okay. All right. You've got, we, we probably need a podcast on Abaddon, to be honest. Oh, yeah, no, dude. Uh, yeah, We're, we are literally going to have to spend a 20-minute episode just on him. 
So we'll cover him when we cover about Black Legion because all his warlord traits are found in Black Legion. All right. Yeah. You've then got Arkin, the world claimer, who's also Black Legion specific. You've got Huron Blackheart, who is um, the Red Corsair specific model. You've got your Demon Princes with loads of different weapons and options. You've got Fabius Bile that can buff up core units that do not have a mark. Okay. That's really explicit that they cannot have a mark in order to be enhanced. You can get plus one strength and toughness and such like. Um, you've then got your Cypher. Okay. He's an agent of chaos. Agents of chaos. Uh, when Abaddon is your warlord and he has to be your warlord, he gains the agent of chaos keyword. It means that you can slip him and cipher into any army without any um, sort of uh, you know effects on your legion or uh, you know army or whatever it is. So we can talk about how that works. Cipher's pretty cool. Every time you try and get a CP, I roll a four plus, and uh, you don't get it. So let's say it's one of the it doesn't affect the ones at the start of the turn. It does affect the ones that, like, let's say you've got, like, a, every time you use a CP on a five up, you get a CP back. Let's say you roll a five. If I roll a four, you don't get it. Okay? Okay. Um, he can also go off the table and come back on. But for me, he's got a sword and he can't even use it. So who is he? Um, you've then got the Master of Possession. He's the one that can buff up, like, your kind of demon kin units and cultists. He's pretty cool. He can actually sacrifice them to give him, you know, a plus one to their, uh, his cast, which is quite good. You've then got Chaos Lord. Unfortunately, no more jump packs, guys. You've only got the model with the Thunder Hammer, so that's the one you can take. You've got Chaos Lord and Terminator Armor. You've got Sorcerer. Um, you've then got a Sorcerer and Terminator Armor. You've got Lucius the Eternal, which we will cover when we look at Emperor's Children, because he's probably in a good 10 minutes on him. You've got the Lord Discordant on Hellstalker. That's your big guy, your Disco Lord. You've got the Warp Smith, which is kind of like your Tech Marine equivalent. You've got your Dark Apostle, which is basically your Chaplain. You've got an Exalted Champion, which is essentially a Lieutenant that gives you real ones to wound. You've then got your Dark Commune. This is a new unit uh, brought out by Workshop this time. Um, models look awesome. And basically, it's like a Cultist unit, which has got like a Mind Witch, a Psyker, an Icon Bearer, and two guys with Blessed Blades. So it's kind of like a little character unit. Okay. It's kind of like a... Now, bear in mind, it can't have a mark, but it can have like access to the dark zealotry. So it's like a psyker and a priest all in one combo. So it could be quite clutch if you want to take like the trans hitman where you can't be hit on a one, two or three. Yeah. Ability and some other stuff. Um, you've then got your legionaries. They are, you know, chainsword or um, bolt gun units. There's some really cool stuff in here. You can upgrade them with icons. They are core. And you can give them a Bellfire Tome. This is a 20-point upgrade, Dave. You can take one of your Legionaries and make them a Psyker, and they can know three of the powers. Wow. I believe it's... Yeah, they can just... It's only three of the powers, not all of them. But remember, if you have a, a mark associated... If you have a mark associated to it, you're also going to know that power too. All right. They're very cool. Oh, and we, we obviously have to to, to, to... to end my countdown clock. I don't know. I lost track of how many days it's been, but everybody can relax. Legionaries, basic Chaos Marines, now have two wounds. And three attacks. And three attacks. Three attacks. Yeah, that's base. That's not the sergeant, that's the base, because it's, like you said, Shock Assault is baked into their profile. They don't have to charge to get that extra attack. They just get it. Yeah, it's amazing. You've got your Cultist mob, which is just your regular Cultist. You've then got your Accursed Cultist, which are basically like, uh, you know, mutated Cultists. They're a new unit. You can see from the pictures in the book here. You've then got your Chaos Terminators, three wounds. They've got 
you know, three attacks, they've all got a cursed weapon, which is basically any weapon you've given it out of the box is an accursed weapon. Um, and it's got a profile of plus one strength, minus three, one, one AP, one damage, sorry. And you get additional attack. So it's kind of like whether you've given it a power maul, a power act, because the box is so random with the weapons. Right. I got caught out on this, Dave. In a unit of five, you can only take three power fists, okay? Just be wary of that. You can take three power fists. Um, at, in each five, you can take one combi plasma. Like, there's, there's limitations to what you can take, so read that right. carefully. You've then got my main man, the Master Executioner. He can Hurricane to being six. Loads of attacks. Every time he rolls a six, does two mortal wounds instead, and the attack sequence ends. He's really cool. You've then, oh, by the way, Terminators are core, cannot take an icon. Possessed, you've got no core keyword, but Possessed are amazing. They move nine, toughness five, strength uh, five, three wounds each, five attacks base Dave at strength five, minus two, two damage. They can take an icon, but they can never be associated no never be associated to a god. You've got chosen, which are basically legionaries, but the chosen version, they're pretty cool. Um, they get a cursed weapon, so basically a power weapon with an additional attack baked in. They also have a bolt gun. They can take loads of other cool little weapons. They can take an icon. They are core. When you kill a unit, you count as being in all of the uh, wantons. Very strong. Very strong. You've got your Hell Brute. When he suffers a wound, he rerolls ones to wound for himself. You've got your Noise Marines. We'll cover them when we look at Emperor's Children, although you can take Noise Marines any other time as an elite choice. You've got your Venom Crawler, which is the little spidery thing. Looks quite cool now. Gives you plus one to your casts. You know, runs around, fast attack. Pretty good little demon engine. Chaos Spawns, Chaos Bikers. They are core. Cool. They can take an icon. Loads of weapon upgrades. You know, chainsaws, you name it. You've then got Raptors. Can't take an icon, but are core. These are like your Assault Marine equivalents. Loads of attacks. Astartes Chainswords. You know, they've got that um, Warp Strike ability. And then you've got your Warp Talons. These are the Demon versions with their kind of Lightning Claws. Um, only one damage on those. You do reroll wounds. Lo- five attacks each, though. Just a huge amount of attacks, but no core keyword in their Demonic. So obviously you can't give them a mark. Then you've got Havocs, which are like your Devastator equivalent. So where you can take a unit of five, give it sort of Lance Cannons, Reaper Chain Cannons, you name it. They right. are core and can't take an Icon, which is unfortunate because then you can't get the extra AP from Zinch. Obliterators. These guys have had a huge boof. Uh, boof? Buff? T- the Toughness 5, Strength 5, Wounds 5, 2-up save. They've got three different gun options. It's no longer as random. It's literally... This what it does, it says on the tin, you've got one which is like loads of heavy bolter shots. Each model, Dave, D6 plus nine shots for this. Strength Oof. five minus one damage. Yeah, another profile which is like heavy D3 plus three. Uh, then it's strength seven minus two, two damage. Or D3 shots at strength nine minus three, four damage. They've also got crushing fist, which is basically a power fist in combat. Um, again, they can shoot into combat. <laughs> they uh, move and shoot without penalties. And five up in these are 110 obviously. points a model, like a Centurion uh, De- Devastator, right? No, I believe then 90, 90 points each, and you can bring them back. My poor Centurion Devastators remain on the shelf. Now they're weeping. That, bro. Yep. Now they're weeping because these are way better. Not core cool, though, these models either, and they can't have a mark. Okay, then we get to the Land Raider. I'll quickly cover this. The Land Raider, 
toughness nine, two up save, 16 wounds, and it's got shoal satter las cannons, heavy two. Obviously, it's got two of these. So you're getting four shots a turn. It's strength nine, minus three, D6 plus two damage, Dave, all right? Oh, D6 plus two. So somehow cast Space Marine Laser Cannons are better than Space Marine Laser Cannons. Yeah, they are. They're more powerful, Dave. Is, yep. Is that chaos? Yep. Got it. No, I understand. Suck it, loyalists. And their toughness, nine. They've got warp juice involved. So Chaos Vindicators, Predators, Annihilators. The Annihilator um, is also got the same, you know, special warpy Laser Cannons. Yep. Um, Defiler. Wait, are there Predators T8? Yeah. Their predators are T8. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. They got extra spice. Space Marines just got slapped again. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Huh. All, right, All right, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, look. look, you've had your day, all right? It's chaos yeah. time. Yep. Nope. Move, move aside for, the, for your darker, eviler cousins. Exactly. Then you've got the Defiler. Um, it's just got normal last cannons, not the special ones. Oh, poor it. Bit of a shame, actually. I think they should just made it all the same, but anyway. Um, so probably has to match plague, plaguey ones or something. Yeah. Right reason why for that. Uh, it's got, you know, defiler cannons, you name it. It's all on there. Loads of attacks and stuff. Then you've got your forge fiend. Um, then you've got your mauler fiend that we've kind of seen before in other books. Yep. You've got about your to, about to add one of the, I'm actually about to add a, a mauler fiend to, uh, my son's thousand sons. I think they're nice. They nice. got a nice profile. Got a hell drake. Now remember that's got a flamer on it. So you're going to get yeah. those additional two attacks, right? Cause it's a flamer. Um, providing it's got the flamer, yeah, bell flamer. So I suppose it's a flamer keyword. Yeah. Uh, then got the lord, got the lord of skulls here, which has obviously got the corn keyword. Um, for people that want to take the lord corner skulls, I need to look at him a bit more details. Probably mental. Uh, then you got the noctilith crown. Haven't quite looked at that just yet. Um, so we'll see what that does, maybe uh, in a future episode. And Dave, oh, it's an hour and a half, and I'm done. That is just over an hour and a half, and. Uh... Yeah, that was a lot of information. Well done on the cliff notes, by the way. Thank you. You so. said cliff note me, so what do you reckon then? What's your overall impressions? Um, well, obviously we have a whole lot more detail to go into in, in ensuing episodes, but um, I think that um, there's, a, there's a ridiculous amount of options. It is exactly the kind of fluffy, um, cons- consistent with the lore. I think that's a better term than fluffy. It is consistent with yeah. the lore. It, it's, it, each legion plays like it's supposed to play. The marks of chaos play the way they're, they're designed or, or intended to play. I think it's, there's the meta chasers are going to be all over this. And I think that okay, we're going to see a lot of chaos space marines taking the table in the next couple of months, at least until um, Leagues of OTAN or whoever else comes out next. But uh, there's going to be a lot of... I think that it seems like they um, have learned from past mistakes and they have built in a few things to prevent abuse. Yeah. That that to get rid of abuse, like that were, that was there in previous codexes by, by accident, they seem to have tried to bake some of those out. So I'm also hopeful that, you know, some of the things we're seeing in this is um, foreshadowing of what we're going to see in when games workshop starts updating some of the other now older codexes. So, yeah, I am, Loving this codex. It's got so many tools and tools. It's going to really be a codex that, you know, lasts, I think, in terms of how cool it is and all the options inside. So I'm loving it. And I can't wait to dive deeper into each of the different legions and we can explore some of the stratagems, warlord traits, and some of the combos. 
And again, we've got loads more of that kind of stuff on the members content area of YouTube. It's a great way to support us here at Vanguard Tactics. If you do become a member of YouTube, we stream, remember, every single Wednesday night at 7 p.m. British summertime. You can check out the game I did uh, on Vanguard Tactics YouTube against Michael with his custodes. I ran the Sons of Horus's Black Legion, and then I played Jake against his sisters, and I used the Empress Children. No doubt we're going to get the, the Night Lords on. We're probably going to get you know all the different legions on at some point so we can check out how they play on the tabletop. Um, I am furiously painting more and more up all the time. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for this Games Workshop. Thanks so much for sending us this preview copy. To everybody that listens, honestly, all of your reviews, your, every time you reach out to me uh, on Instagram, and same for Dave, we really, really appreciate it. It helps us keep you know going. You know, Dave gets up at stupid o'clock in the morning just to record with me. Um, so everybody, go and send Dave some love because if you appreciate this podcast, you don't appreciate maybe quite how much this guy works. Um, and he does this in his free time and voluntary. So uh, Dave, from me, mate, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to do this with you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I, I love this chance that we get to hang out. And uh, even though we're on, you know, several hours apart, we get to hang out and, and talk, uh, talk our shared hobby and catch up on life and uh, all that. So, um, no, I appreciate it. And I, I love the opportunity to be able to just hang out um, with you and talk about this stuff. So, um, and yeah, it is still early, although I got to get to work. So before we, uh, um, I got a court appearance to make in an hour and a half. Uh, so before we uh, we cut out of here too too quickly, uh, we got to give our uh, time to uh, James for our battle ready segment. So let's do that. How you doing, James? I've got another question for you. Ready? Awesome. Let's do it. Right. Gems. My favorite. They're your favorite, are they? <laughs> yeah, I love painting a gem. Right. So gems. What else is similar to a gem? Diamonds, maybe glass, eyeballs, yeah. maybe to a degree? I don't know. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, they refract light. Yeah, so they're quite similar. Yeah. So... What's your top tips? You know, I'm painting some Eldar soul gems or something. How do I paint them? So pick pick a color which is going to contrast the model. And when we say contrast, it's it, a lot of people say pop. A lot, a lot of painters say contrast. Generally speaking, it just means that it has a color which which really really stands out on the surface of the miniature. Um, so let's just say a, a color theory. We're not going to go into full depth of color theory here because obviously we could be talking for for ages. Um, but what I would say is just pick, if you do have a color wheel, it's a color typically that's opposite from the from the color that you're using. So let's just say red, for example, uh, a really good uh, complementary or contrasting color would be green. So do your gems green or do your lenses green. That's why you see, again, I'm going to mention them. I'm trying to squeeze them in every week, Steve, but on Blood Angels. I'm um, fine with you, that. Uh, you I'm do, fine. You tend to, <laughs> it's all good. I'm fine with the Blood Angel chat. Don't worry. Good, good, good. Uh, you tend to see green lenses on Blood Angels and on the red on the red helms quite quite often, and that's purely because it's such a contrasting color. It really denotes that detail on the miniature quite nicely. So, color choice is the first thing that's really important before we even talk about like the theory of doing one. Um, now, if depending on how you're lighting the model, let's just say you you are a bit fancy and you've done different directions of light using an airbrush and all of this blah blah. I would still personally pick my lights to be coming from above on the miniature. Um, just because then that way, specifically on, on, on gems, that on lenses and things like that, on weapons, um, you want that lovely white dot catch light at the top of the lens. Um, and what will, um, what will that will do is it tends to be you leave a darker portion for that dot, white dot to contrast on the, on the lens quite nicely. And you'll put your transition or blend or coronal sort of blur, which is the line around the outside. So let's just say a round lens. If we're painting a round lens, what we'll do is... We'll paint um, the, the whole lens one color to start off with. We'll then uh, brighten the lower two thirds. 
Um, and then on the edge at the bottom, we'll start doing a round uh, or curved highlight, which obviously just insinuates the, uh, the depth of the lens. Um, all we do is do several highlight stages, increasing the saturation or brightness of color on that highlight line to show the, the sort of uh, the curvature of the lens or the shape of the lens. That's a round one, obviously. Um, and then what we'll do finally is stick a white dot or two if you've got the control with a brush to do a bigger one and a little one in the in the top area of the lens. Now, we always want to do the dots opposite to where the brightest point of that that line is on the lens at the bottom. So you've got the round curvature. Imagine looking at the lens top left, we're going to have the two white dots diagonally in the bottom right. We're going to have the, the blend go brighter towards that bottom right corner. And then on the edge of that, we're then going to do three to four highlight stages. And then directly opposite, the white dots will do the brightest highlight stage so that it gives you a lovely kind of diagonal kind of look um, and just really sells the depth of that lens on the miniature. Um, so that's a round lens. Diamonds, again, really, really uh, similar sort of process, but obviously a diamond will have a central highest point. So we want to do the blends kind of towards that central point. So it'll be darker at the base around the edges and brighter towards the center of the lens uh, or gems, should I say. Um, my favorite, the old blood drop. Um, Exactly the same as uh, exactly the same as a round one, but all we'll do is at the bottom in the sort of the bell part of the blood drop at the bottom is where it will, the blend will go towards, and then we'll stick a, a lovely white dot at the top. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about volumes and things, but generally speaking, a, a, a barrel or like a blood drop would have a line highlight um, down it. But I would personally think that it's it's not real, uh, but it looks just cooler. To put a dot uh, on a on a on a gem uh, on a, on a blood drop, I think it just sells that kind of like uh, effect a little bit better than the line highlight, um, but based on the volume. So uh, so yeah, so just stick stick a dot at the top. They add so much to your models, guys and uh, girls. They really really do. Um, it brings to life the the, the miniatures, uh, adds interest to them, and, and really sells that kind of like weapon or that, that 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 sort of iconography or detail that the model has got. Uh, a lot of people overlook these, but a little bit of time um, and then a little bit of investment into them can really add so much to the model. So I'd advise you give it a go. All right. Thank you very much, James. And I'll get on the blood drops and I'll see you next week. See you later. All right. That is it for this episode. Thank you again, James, uh, for your continued sponsorship of, uh, of our podcast. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please stand by for parts two, three, four, five, et cetera, um, to, as we go in and start covering um, all of the uh, additional legions and all of their relics and traits and stratagems and all the other things that they've, they've each all got baked in. So um, until then, I got a slightly longer quote for you guys uh, this week, but uh, this is Dave Kalmau for Stephen Bach saying, Abaddon is utterly relentless in his pursuit of what he wants, whatever that may actually be. Revenge on the emperor, too petty. Vengeance for Horus, too sentimental. Power? Yes. But what kind of power? Mortal power. He could have all the immortal power he can handle uh, if he but asks for it, but that is not what drives him. He sees the Primarchs disappear, fade, die, or simply not care anymore, and he understands that only a man can really rule other men. Abaddon doesn't want to destroy the Imperium. He wants to succeed where Horus failed. He wants to be the Emperor and have mankind bow beneath his rule. I think that really sums up the character. That's why I wanted to share that one. I love that one. So, uh, anyway... That's it for this week, or for this episode, rather. We're going to get to the recording, and uh, we will talk to you guys, uh, and you guys will hear from us again very, very soon. So keep listening. Talk to you later. See you later.